This episode of the Nerdball Podcast is sponsored by Jake Paluski at Real JP Multimedia. He does the music for this podcast. He has produced this podcast. If you need anything audiovisual done, he is the man to see at realjp.com, R-E-E-L-J-P.com. Let's start the show. This is Scott Buecher, and this is the Nerdball Podcast. is the Nerdball Podcast with Lorenzo Melcher. All right, Scott, do you think um, Aaron Rodgers played his last game as a Packer? N- no. The answer is mm-hmm. no to that. Um, <laughs> what, what, what leads you to believe that? Well, I think it's just idiotic to, uh, to, to think the Packers would, would – would do this at this at this, at this point of, yeah. of his career coming off the year that he was at um you know even the, the team president said this week he i think his exact words were we we're not idiots oh, okay. we're, we're not we're not going to do that so um i don't think i don't think he plays the last game um i do think everything aaron Rodgers says is intentional yeah that there's meaning behind it so i think i think there's intention to what he had said after the game with his quotes um specifically about the fourth fourth down call or kicking the field goal I, I yeah so that and you know after the game saying no my my future is a beautiful mystery um <laughs> you know that it's intentional what i do think he is what he wants is he wants some reassurance to the from the team that that um they want him oh uh, okay, okay you know and, and i think after after reading a little bit about the situation i think the biggest thing for Aaron Rodgers, what he's thinking is he doesn't want to have to play you know one year thinking is this my last year here yeah. And then not know if he's going to come back. I think he wants a, a commitment from the team, either in the shape of some type of new new contract or maybe making the move of, hey, you know, we're going to trade Jordan Love. You're yeah. our guy. We're, we're going to play out your contract, something like that. I think he wants that commitment from them. Do you think seeing Tom Brady be so successful and he's 43, do you think that plays into what the Packers want to do? Like, like thinking like, hey, because what, uh, Aaron Rodgers is what? 37? 37. He's yeah. 37. I don't think it plays into what the Packers want to do. I think it plays into what Aaron Rodgers wants to do. Okay. I think that's the biggest thing is I think Aaron Rodgers is arrogant enough where he wants what everybody else has, mm-hmm. and he knows he's, he's very aware and he's very conscientious of his legacy. As much as he, he'll go on Pat McAfee and, and, and say, you know, he, you know it's it's – it's not about that. It is. Yeah. I, I think it is. And I think right now his, he knows what his legacy is, is he's got there once. He's got the Super Bowl once, and that's it. And yeah. he's, he's never going to be in the conversation of the all-time greats unless he gets back. So I think for, I think for Rodgers, he, he wants to be playing at a high level when he's 43, 44. Mm-hmm. You know, I think for the Packers, they've proven that once they feel comfortable – and they think is what's best for the organization. They'll make that move. Yeah, you know they did it with Rodgers, with Favre. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, so so they're comfortable with that. And so I think, but I think the bottom line is, if he keeps playing the way he's playing, I think he's going to write out his contract. And how many years left on that contract right now? I think he's got three, maybe. Oh okay. Three All or right. four. Three or four left on his contract. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, and and do do you have so so for me, I loved. 
like I don't love Tom Brady. I, I could care less about Tom Brady, but it's it's amazing what he did or what he's doing, right? He's been <laughs> he's been to the Super Bowl half of the time. Ten times. It's it's unbelievable. He's been to fourteen championship, championship. games. They said uh, it's, uh, it's crazy. It he has a higher likely percentage of getting to the championship game than Steph Curry has making a three pointer. <laughs> yeah. I mean that that stat was all out there. I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's really it's really incredible. Um, yeah. I tell you what, Tom Brady is like the definition of like that polarizing figure in sports. Mm-hmm. Where you know, so when he when he won his first, we were early in college i think i think so and if you would have asked me then and even up for a few you're like yeah not really big time the older i get the more i like the guy and i think it's because of that longevity Uh and the success that he's having at the age that he's having it and the way he does it um i tell you what i've I've been converted i'm a tom brady fan (laughs) i I really am and uh you know so the tb12 me all the way yeah um you know, I, I think that I think it's it's a lot to admire because when when you really think about it, I mean, so ten Super Bowls, you know, you know, before Brady was in the league, you're talking about Montana being the all-time great with four. Yeah, he's doubled it. <laughs> he's absolutely. I mean, it's it's not. I mean, when you think about that, how astonishing that really is. Mm-hmm. And I think this is just icing on the cake for him with Tampa Bay to 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 leave New England, kind of put that. You know that, that that question and doubt whether or not it was Bel- Belichick or Brady. Now I'm sure it was a little bit of both. I think during, so. during their run. I think so. Um, and let's not lie here. Tampa Bay's got got a heck of a supporting cast around him too. So yeah, he, those he, receivers are unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, so he 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 went to a place where he knew that he could probably win pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, so I think that has something to do with it. But the fact that he was actually able to do it is is really astonishing. So I you know I, I think it's. Uh, yeah, it, it hurts me as a Packer fan, but I am definitely going to be rooting for Tom Brady. And, that, and that's why I brought him up. Like, yeah. how do you? Obviously, you wanted the Packers to go to the yep. Super Bowl, but how does it feel um, to to just be like living this history? Because I I think about too, like I don't care really either way. Like I said about Tom Brady, but I I understand we get to watch or have watched the best quarterback. Um, to, to ever. ever play, right? Yeah. Same, and same thing in my mind um, for, with basketball and LeBron James, like arguably be, arguably one of the best, mm-hmm. you know, one or two, de- depending on who you ask. But but to be able to watch both those guys right now to play, and it, it's it's something I think about because I my mother-in-law is a big Bills fan. She hates Tom Brady. Of course. And I keep trying to ask her, like, can't you just appreciate No, yeah. not no, she 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 hates she hates the fact that Tom Brady beat the Bills thirty six times, <laughs> went thirty six and two against him in his career. That's I mean, so crazy. So, I mean, that that in itself is incredible in two yeah. different regards. But yeah, um, but as far as far as like them beating the Packers and is it? I don't know. Obviously, like I said, you wanted the Packers to be there, but how does it feel like just this history part of it? I guess it, the history part of it is is cool. I mean, I, I just think as as an NFL fan, as a football fan. Mm-hmm. You're talking about something that you'll probably never see. Yeah. At least if you if you if you see it again, it's going to be in ten years when Patrick Mahomes does it, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, just to, it's it's history being written. Um, so I think from a pure football standpoint, if you're a football fan, if you appreciate the the legacy of the league and the yeah. history of the league, um, you really have to sit back and just kind of enjoy this and, and what he's been able to do. Um, you know, so I I like it. I'm rooting for him. I hope he does it. I yeah. just think it's uh, it's an incredible story for him and and. Um, you know, just 
in any time somebody can sustain that excellence in any field that they that they work in yeah is is inspiring mm -hmm. and he's done it in in arguably one of the the most challenging positions of all sports to do the high profile and and he never really flinched off of it and so I, I have a lot of respect for it and admiration for it and maybe jealousy is even a better word and <laughs> i I've, I've also i've also said numerous times i've been on the record numerous times saying that people who hate the new england patriots are just jealous that their team isn't the new england patriots yeah because of all the success that they've had it's and like the yankees it, you're exactly right yeah. you're exactly right and um yeah, so I, I, I'm looking forward. At first, I'm not gonna lie. When the Packers lost, at first I was like, I'm not watching Super Bowl <laughs> <laughs> because I thought I, I really thought they should have been there. I, and I still would claim that the Packers are probably the better team than Tampa Bay after watching that game. Um, it, but it's it, is that and that's uh, Aaron Rodgers' fifth time in the in the, in the championship. Yeah, game. he's one in four. Yeah, he's one yeah. in four. And um, you know, to his credit, um, you go back to. And I forgot what year it was, maybe like 2014, right around there, when they, when they went at Seattle. They were up 16 with like four minutes to play uh -huh. and ended up blowing the game in overtime. And it was the, the famous uh, Seattle onside kick it, kicked it, and Green Bay, Brandon Bostic, the tight end, oh, dropped yeah. it and, and the led the way. But the, the, and then the one he won in Chicago in, in, in 10, 2010 to get him to his one Super Bowl. But the two other times... Um, I mean, I mean, they really had no business being there. Uh, okay. um, the one year in Atlanta, they got there. Um, that team wasn't very good, and they literally got there on on Rogers' shoulder alone. And then they ended up losing like thirty, or they were down like thirty-four nothing at some point in that championship game, uh -huh. and ended up losing to Atlanta. Um, and then that was the year that Atlanta went on to New England and blew the twenty-eight oh, to three. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then last year, obviously, was San Francisco. They were down twenty-seven nothing. So you kind of get used to. The Packers get to a certain point in Rogers' career, playoff-wise, and then just disappointment. So, <laughs> I, it, yeah, it, yeah. can you get used to that, or are you just you? Oh, you're, you're used to it. So, <laughs> all, all week, all week last week, people were, were coming up to me at work saying, "Hey, you know, good luck." And I, 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 I told them the same spiel. Okay, listen, guys. Okay, if anything, I know I'm now I'm, I'm Browns country, so I understand that. Yeah. But, you know, my my kind of spiel was this. I said, listen, I get I'm in Browns country here, but being a Packer fan, you're kind of used to getting to the playoffs and having mass disappointment. And yeah. You kind of go through, you go through that Seattle NFC Championship game and the Atlanta NFC Championship game and the San Francisco NFC Championship game, and you go back to 2011 when Green Bay was 15-1 and one coming off of their Super Bowl. <laughs> they were the one seed and lost in the their first playoff game at Lambeau to the Giants. Um, and then you go back to the year before they won the Super Bowl, they were the wild card team. Forced the hail, forced overtime against Arizona in Arizona on a hail mary by Rogers. So you're thinking they're going to win, yeah, because they have all the momentum in the very first place of very first play of overtime. Rogers gets sacks, fumble. Arizona returns it for a touchdown, <laughs> and you just see Mike McCarthy, the Packers coach, drop to his knees in frustration. So you have that, and how, how can you? I love sports, but you can remember so much stuff. How? What is that in your brain that you remember all this stuff? I, I, probably because I don't have room for anything else. I'm not really sure. Um, I just like I can't. Well, maybe for me it's because the Cowboys haven't been in the playoffs in a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, but I can't. Any of my teams, like I, I, you know, I remember when teams like won a title, or maybe not even. Like I love basketball. Yeah. I know the Spurs won a title in '99. 
and then maybe every odd year after that. But I don't. I sometimes I don't remember who they played or what happened. But you're. It I'm, seems so. Uh, so I, I tell you what. I'm not. I'm not really sure. I, I don't know how to answer that. But yeah, it kind of goes. Kind of goes back to when I was a little kid. It's you know I've always been kind of a sports related person, and yeah. and you know you can ask my you know my dad, and um, you know that was kind of all I did, and and you know with, with Green Bay in particular, and uh, it's a little bit special. You know, my mom was from Green Bay. And, yeah. Um, you know, they, and my, that's where she met my father and, and they lived there for in the seventies and, you know, so all growing up every Sunday, that was kind of what we did and yeah. we'd always watch a game. So it was, it was really just kind of more than just a fan. I mean, yeah. it, it was our family thing. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, so a lot of the childhood memory, I mean, our, our summer vacations every year, we're going to Green Bay <laughs> and, you know, my grandparents lived North of Green Bay. So okay. we spend time, we stay with them, but then we'd always go down to Packer training camp and oh, all, nice. all those different things. Yeah. And, that will, those where everybody else is going to Hilton Head and all those different places. We're going to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and <laughs> that was just kind of how we did things. So I think that probably has a lot to do with it. And did you watch the game with your dad? Oh, of course. We yeah. uh, I think we watch every game together. Oh, nice. Um, I think we only missed one game this year because he was seeing my sister um, down. Uh, she lives in uh, Washington D.C. Um, and I think there was a another game that we had missed, but typically uh, that's we kind of build the fall around that. Yeah, you know, is being able to watch a game together. How are you? How are you guys as fans watching the game? Because like like when I watch it, I can be, um, I, I don't get like super mad. Like some people get really mad um, when something bad happens to my team, um, but sometimes I'll, I have to like get up and go somewhere or do something else if I get frustrated. How are you? Can you can you be calm? Because you naturally, yeah. to me, naturally you're just a calm guy. And I just envision you just being able to be like, yeah, well, I'll tell you what, it's uh, probably a better question for my wife. Um, (laughs) So Lindsay, (laughs) Lindsay will say, particularly this past week, she, she would, she knew it was a big game because she could tell I was nervous all week (laughs) at home. Like I don't say a whole lot and she she didn't care to begin with, but (laughs) you know, but just like the, the pacing, you know, my mind's occupied, kind of thinking about different things and, during the game, it's it's. Um, I'd say we're pretty. We're we're not like. You're you're not gonna see us on the fan cam. Yeah. yeah. Or, or anything like that. We're not crazy. Yeah. You know we don't have these huge. You know, every Sunday, you know rituals or we're not sitting there with cheese heads on or. <laughs> do you like own that. a cheese head? I do own a cheese head. How yes. many? Just one. Just one. Oh, okay. Just one. Yeah. Do you have, a, a, do you have a tiny baby cheese head? I do not. Mind? No. <laughs> At one point in time. At one point in time, uh, our family uh, had a cheese head, like a cheese, like baseball hat, like cheese. Actually, Matt Hollinger for his <laughs> um, lives in Green Bay right now. Okay. And when he got married, all the groomsmen gifts were Green Bay related. So we had che- cheese beer koozies in there and <laughs> stuff like that. So I, I get it. to go back to the fandom. I always get way more excited or more animated at the good things. And then when a bad thing happens, I I keep it in myself or I'll, yeah. or I'll mutter some words or whatever. But I definitely get more ex- like like excited excited about it. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> say the same thing too. I mean, it's the bad things. It's it's they happen, and it is what it is. And, yeah. and it, I, I say if we do get vocal, it's when a good play happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think this past Sunday, the only time I really got real vocal was you know when Jairi Alexander got his second pick. You know, Tampa Bay going down off the deflection on the middle of the field on the hash there and because at that point you're like oh that's a turning point oh yeah that's a turning point that's what they needed and then they couldn't do anything with it but um (laughs) well yeah what what do you think so 
I didn't watch any of the game. I what was I was doing? I wasn't around. I was doing yeah. something I can't remember. But I looked at it. Oh, I, I took Mateo to baseball practice at five, and I looked at the score, and it was twenty-eight to ten. Yep. And I was like, oh man, I wanted this to be a good game. And then I I turned around, and it's what like uh, twenty-eight twenty-four probably. No, it, they were down by five. Okay, so thir- I guess thirty-one. 20, 20, 26, 31, 26. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, they made it a game. And then uh, and I, f- I flicked it on to, to watch the end of it. What do you think um, is it, it? And I don't, like, again, I didn't watch any of it. Mm-hmm. Is it, was it, um, is, from the sounds of it, it wasn't Aaron Rodgers at the beginning. It was sounded like a defensive thing. Did he, did he throw any interceptions or anything? Yeah, Rodgers threw one. Um, you know, it, it, I, if I remember correctly, it was a tip. I mean, so it wasn't like a, like a, a huge misthrow or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. So something the receiver probably could have could have come down with. Yeah. Um, you know, really, there, there were there were three different things that stood out to me. Everybody goes to the the fourth down call, mm-hmm. at just above two minutes. Yeah. You know, kicking the field goal. To I think mean, that's what made it thirty-one twenty twenty-six. Yeah. I think, and then kicking it, um, and trying to get the stop, and they never got the ball back. So, but to me, I mean. The whole game was, was like kind of summed up in the first quarter and a half. I think Table Bay had six third and long situations. Mm-hmm. Like we're talking about third and nine, third and fourteen, third yeah. and eleven, and they converted on all of them. <laughs> oh man! And you just can't get off the field. I mean, to me, that was that was the biggest thing. If they if they just stop two or three of those, yeah, and and get the ball in Rogers' hands a little bit more. I think it's a different game. So right there, to me, that was the biggest thing. It's not getting off the field in third down, especially when when you did your job the first the first two downs. Yep. You know you had you had successful the um, you know down ones and down twos. Not getting off the field and down three killed them. And obviously the touchdown right before half. Yeah, um, I I heard about that. Like, how, it, it, what, there was like less than ten seconds left or something. There was, uh, gosh, it had to be like like six maybe. Okay. And you know initially you know Tampa Bay calls timeout. Um, where the clock stopped in some some form, and, and they send out their field goal team, and then the timeout. I think Green Bay maybe calls timeout, and and then they decide, oh, we're going to go for it. Yeah. You know, it's fourth and fourth and four, whatever it is, and and um, they just isolated. They, they saw one on one coverage. Uh, Scotty Miller, who's actually from Bowling Green, uh, played at BGSU, was was one on one against Kevin Kane, and in a man situation, and just got flat out got behind him. <laughs> And, and Brady capitalized on it, and you're sitting there, and I think everybody's thought was, why wouldn't you just sit your defenders back and yeah. and don't get beat deep type of situation? And yeah, to, to it, me that was unexcusable. If they were already gonna kick a field goal, mm-hmm. and then and they wanted to go for it, you would you your thought was okay, they're gonna try an out something to get uh, if they didn't have any timeouts, right? Yeah, something something quick, get it, a little bit closer. So so either that or a hail mary. Mm-hmm. Right, so let them. If they're already going to kick a field goal, let them catch it in front of you and tackle them, and then have them kick a field goal anyway. Yeah, and maybe the time runs out, but don't give up the deep ball. Yeah, man. they gave gave it up, <laughs> and it's you know Scotty Miller's sneaky fast, and um, you know he was a track kid in high school, and the only reason I know that is you know Quinn Thomas. Yeah, when he played at Bowling Green, was good friends with Scotty, so got to know a little, a little bit about Scotty through Quinn, and so he's a track guy, he's a speedy guy, and um. Yeah, he kind of gets forgotten in that offense with Mike Evans and Godwin and Antonio Brown and Johnson, the rookie there, and, and then obviously Grock. Yeah. Um, they just yeah, fast, just got behind him and 
just got to just beat them. I mean, yeah. that's all it is to it. And, you know, so that made it 28-10 going into – no, sorry, made it 21-10 going into half. You know, Green Bay gets the ball back, so you're still – at the start of the half, so you're thinking, all right, this is, this is fine. Go down and score 21-17 and yeah. first play of the half. Little dump pass to Joe, Aaron Jones, fumbles, and next play, touchdown. Wow. So now you're 28-10. That's, that's, a, that's, a that's a big hole to get out of. Yeah, but it sounds like, um, just like you said, that's par for the course in, in these championship games for the Green Bay Packers. Par for the course. <laughs> and it, it was funny because earlier when we were talking about, you know, just kind of like the, the Green Bay Packer like playoff misery, you know, that's just Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. We haven't even talked about Brett Favre. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, 07 and Favre's last game in the Packer when they're the when they they're playing the NFC Championship game at home against the Giants for a chance to go to the Super Bowl and Favre throws a pick in overtime that leads to the game winning field goal by New York. I mean, so it goes, you know, Favre's had his moments too. Yeah. I mean, so I've always said this. You know, people relish Green Bay because of they've had 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play yeah. consecutively, really, since Favre took over 92. I would argue they're the most underachieving franchise <laughs> in 30 years because there's no other franchise that's had Hall of Fame quarterback play for 30 years, and you've only gotten to three Super Bowls and won two. Yeah. With that, to me, that's underachieving. Um, is, is part of that, um, and I guess, uh, obviously you have to draft correctly, and Bill Simmons always talks about the Patriots because uh, he said the past few drafts for them are horrible. Um, but being good with Hall of Fame quarterbacks puts you at the bottom of the draft and not getting maybe, mm-hmm. obviously, the top-tier guys. I mean, does that play into some of that, too? Especially going you – can, you can be so mediocre and get good draft picks and then finally get a good quarterback, but yeah. for five years before that, you've been having good draft picks getting these other guys. So being so good so so long, you just got to get more yeah. – you know, get more lucky or have a good scouting department. You've got to hit on the ones that you have. Yeah. Um you know, that's, that's, you know, Green Bay's hit on a few, um, and they haven't on, a, on, on several. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously this year the, the talk is why I draft the quarterback, why yeah. trade up to get the quarterback. And, um, you know, I know that was kind of the, the big complaint with the Packer drafting was I don't think they've drafted a wide receiver. Javon Walker was the last receiver they drafted in the first round back in, I can't remember what year it was, but back when, when Favre was playing. Yeah. So they haven't done that, but they've but they've hit on their second rounders. You know, yeah. they they've hit on their third rounders. So I don't know, drafts drafts luck. I mean, I mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. It, it's any. it's luck to not only the guy that you pick turns into something really special, but also that that guy fall into you at that spot. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it is kind of what it is, and um, you know, if when you, it, it's really just kind of hitting as on as many as you can. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like, you know, the Packers kind of do what the Steelers do and the Patriots do. And their kind of philosophy is, you know, we're just, we're going to try to get as many picks as we can because it increases our odds of hitting on three or four to draft yeah. as opposed to if we only have four picks, yeah. it decreases our odds. And you look across the table, you know, generally speaking, you know, they've done pretty well in the mid rounds, you know, drafting wise. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think there's an element of luck there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, well, so you you said you were so infuriated with the outcome. You didn't watch any of the AFC Championship. Didn't watch game. any of it. Nope. Um, I, I I wouldn't say infuriated. I was just uh, I was very disappointed. Okay. I was very disappointed. <laughs> um, I I watched the entire game because my one of my favorite things. My mother in law, like I said, is a huge Bills fan, and I've never seen seen. Um, well, it it ended up being three women because it was. Um, my mother-in-law and her two daughters, one being my wife, um, 
so excited about football. And my mother, every Sunday, just like you at the Packers, every yeah. Sunday she's watching the Bills. They must love Josh Allen. Oh, my gosh. They, she, she's so excited. And, and part of it for me is, is watching the game is, hey, those two quarterbacks are really good, Pat, yep. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. But watching her watch the game, and I, I, I go on Instagram stories and just record her because she is, she is so funny. Um, she's such a good sport. I told her, I texted her the next day because she, when you get excited or cheer or you're dejected, you don't know what you're going to look like or what you're going to yep. say. But it's so, it was so, it's so fun again to see them just be so excited. Um, I was going to ask you when you talked about your watching the game with your dad. I know for me, there's nothing more fun than watching a team that you and whoever you're watching with um, both like, mm-hmm. right? Or a group of people like because it is, it's, and it's so much better than going to a game because obviously you go to a Packers game and and in Lambo, yeah. it's all Packers fans. But being such an intimate thing with friends and family that are all rooting for the same thing, man, it makes me feel so good and it's so much fun. Yeah, I'm hundred percent, hundred percent with you. Yeah. I, I mean, I generally now prefer, you know, being able to to, to simply just watch the Packers with my dad. Yeah. You know, that's 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 what we do. That's how I prefer to watch it. And yeah. and, and unless my dad and I are going to get to Lambo Field and watch a game. Um, I'd rather just watch his house yeah. with him, and and because it's 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 a special moment that we have, you know, for for us and our family, and and you know, I'd I'd rather do that than go to Cleveland or Detroit and and watch them. I and we did plenty, we've done that plenty of times. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we drive to Detroit a lot, watch the Packers, or drive to Cleveland and watch them there. Um, but as you know, NFL fans are kind of a different beast, <laughs> a little bit Cleveland. too. We were uh, one of my, one of our stories is when. Um, my parents would take us to see the Packers play in Detroit and at the Pontiac Silverdome before they moved to oh, Ford okay. Field. Yeah. And my dad had said that after a couple of years of doing this, he would try to buy tickets as high up as he could <laughs> because whenever we were there, it didn't matter. We would have stuff thrown at us, you know, food thrown at us because we're on Packers stuff. Yeah. And my dad just couldn't believe it because, you know, at the time, like I'm a little Your kid. kid yeah. He just couldn't believe it. And so eventually... He's like, I'm just trying to get tickets as high up as I can, so it's the least likely we get thrown stuff thrown at us. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and <laughs> so I, yeah, I'd much, I'm with you. I'd much rather have the environment of uh, of being at home for a football game. Yeah. And, you know, and you know, I've I've got a, a bucket list of stadiums I want to visit, but I'd never see Green Bay. You never been like, to Lambeau Field? Well, no, I like I never see. I've been to Lambeau Field. I never like I have like a bucket list of stadiums I want to like go see again. Like I want to see a game in, in Kansas City. Oh, uh, okay, okay. But I wouldn't go see the Packers in Kansas City. Got it. You know got what I'm saying? It. Yes. Um, you know, find a bye week for Green Bay and then fly out to Kansas City <laughs> and watch that game. So, but yeah, much more to to me, it's much more enjoyable watching it. Yeah. In that same environment. And it was when when uh, obviously the game started off so good for Buffalo. They kicked a field goal, then they punted, and. Uh, Kansas City muffed the punt. They got it and scored a touchdown the next play. So it was nine, and they, but they missed the extra point, of, of course. But it was nine nothing right away. So everyone was excited. Everyone's having a good time. And then in the blink of an eye, it was fourteen to nine. Yeah, because because that's how they're they're so fast. Kansas City, Kansas City's it is unbelievable. They're offensive skill set players. Tyreek Hill can can get open whenever he wants. Ty- Tyreek Hill. I mean, it's like the perfect complement between Hill and and uh, was a Hardman, the other receiver, yes. and they've got a third. I don't remember his name, and because Watkins is hurt, I don't think he played Sunday. Oh, that was um, um, uh, Pringle. I know they have a guy named Pringle yeah. who played quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so I mean, they're four deep from the receiver position, yeah. and then you have Kelsey up the middle. 
and run down the seam. I mean, I don't know how anybody stops that. You know what? And Tony Romo was saying it the whole time. And this is something that even in high school, like, especially if somebody's killing you, they did not jam the tight end mm-hmm. at all. The entire game. They just let him off free. And he kept saying, like, if he would circle the D end, like, put the D end out on him, make him rush through Kelsey, and at least yeah. it's going to slow him down. You know? Do something. I mean, try. I mean, yeah, try. Yeah. Him, like, 14 balls or 15 balls. Uh, try something. I mean. Yeah, they didn't do it at all. I don't know. I mean, I think their their offense is so dynamic when 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 they want to be. I yeah, feel like I, yeah. I've, I've seen a few Chiefs games. I like watching them. Um, really like watching Patrick Mahomes, and it just sometimes they seem bored. Yeah, a little bit. So I think some of these games were closer than, especially towards the end of the year, that than what they really could have been. Because I think maybe they were a little bit. They can they had kind of have that Michael Jordan. 96 bulls in them where they know okay when we need to we can kind of flip on the switch yeah. and, and go yeah type of thing so um super bowl will be fun yeah i i uh after the game i was talking to my mother-in-law she was i was and a lot of bills fans said like last week meaning that the first playoff game in buffalo and their first win in 25 years or something and they're like that was that was like house money after that like we were yep. so excited, and they're excited to be here. Even my mother-in-law said she goes, "I was, ex- I was, wasn't expecting them to win." Um, obviously, it's frustrating because you want them to win, but she said, "I'm okay because it, they weren't supposed to win, really, you know." And and the the Chiefs are just unreal, man. Yeah. And it's and and it's how do you how do you call, I mean, if you put two guys on Tyreek Hill, then that leaves other people open because Tyreek, it's impossible to cover him one-on-one. Get to the quarterback. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, but then you, then you try to blitz and, and Mahomes goes <laughs> off schedule on you. I mean, he could be even more dangerous. So, many, so many times you're like, oh, they're going to get him. Yep. And uh, he wiggles out of it and then finds someone 25 yards down the field. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're, they're dangerous. I'll be, uh, it, and they're never out of it. Yeah. You know, even going back to last year's playoffs and the ASC championship game in Tennessee when they were down, you know, three scores early, came back. The Super Bowl last year, down mm-hmm. early, came back. Never out of it. So, yeah, yeah get to the quarterback, <laughs> yeah, hang man. on, and, and I, don't, I don't know what to do. But It's great. I, yeah, just like you said, it, I'm excited for the Super Bowl. I want the Chiefs to win just because it's – I like I always like younger guys. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I'm, I'm going for Tampa Bay. Um, we talked about it a little bit. I, I do like Tom Brady. Um but I've always kind of had some enjoyment watching Tampa Bay going back to when I was a child when they played in the old NFC Central with Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And that was when Tampa Bay started to get good with Warren Sapp and, and uh, Warwick Dunn and Tony Dungy was coaching and oh, John okay. Gruden. And I just remember these epic battles between Warren Sapp and Brett Favre going after each other and getting each other's faces and in. You're always thinking as a kid, man, these guys hate each other. And then find out later <laughs> that they're really good friends and there's yeah. just there is that banter, the competitiveness. So I've always kind of liked watching the Bucks mm-hmm. um, play the Packers because of that. So I've always had a, a little soft spot for a table day there. And so and I'm going to go, go with them. Another cool thing is that they're the first team to play at their home stadium. At their home stadium, too. yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. They have some, that big boat. Yeah. Uh, that she usually has cannons shoot. They yep. said there's. I think they said they're not going to be able to shoot the cannons off. Yeah, I was wondering about <laughs> some of those like typical home field. Like, my, I guess the first question I popped in was, who's supposed to be the home team? Yeah, isn't the high? Isn't the higher seed? They rotate it by conference. Oh, do they? I didn't know that. Yeah, they rotate by conference. So, ah. like, so my first question was, if AFC is supposed to be the home team this year, are they going to give them the Buccaneers locker room? Yeah. 
So I, I don't know how that's going to play out. But uh, and another little side note on why I'm rooting for the Buccaneers: the Buccaneers do have an Ohio Bobcat on their roster. So oh, do they? Yeah. So uh, he gets to play in Super Bowl. So I'll, I'll go with them. <laughs> Who is that? Do you know? Uh, Javon Hagen. Okay. All right. Is he um, is he a rookie? He is a rookie. He actually went a so, little so, a little viral on Twitter this this weekend after the game. I, I don't know. I'm not on Twitter anymore, but I heard about it. So apparently, so Javon Hagen was on the practice squad all year for Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Gets elevated for the game Sunday, and Skip Bayless tweets out that Tampa Bay's safeties are both out for the game, and they have to be replaced by Javon Hagen from Ohio, not the Ohio State University, <laughs> just simply Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, and then Javon Hagen trolled him back by re- responding to that tweet with a picture of him holding the NFC Championship trophy. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> so so we got to see him when we went last year to... to was that last year we went to watch? Yeah, yeah, Ohio, he, yeah, right? yeah he, was he was there. there. Yep, he was okay. there. Okay, all right. Yep. Good play. Um, the NFC is the home team, Okay, the so... So the Buccaneers. Not an issue. Um, do you Do you get... If the Packers aren't in the Super Bowl, do you make a big to-do about the Super Bowl in general, or you just watch it? You know, typically, um, one of two things. Either I watch it. That's like the one football game Lindsay will watch um, <laughs> is the Super Bowl. Probably, if you ask her, maybe it's probably for the commercials. Uh, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Probably. I know, I know a Andrew little bit. Yeah. 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 Lindsay likes Tom Brady, too. So, okay. Um, okay. You know, a couple of years ago when he made it, I think it was the, um, it was the Atlanta year and when they came back, 23. For whatever reason, we were really excited about that Super Bowl, and and we went out and bought Patriot shirts and and rooted for them. Really? Yeah. I don't know why we were so excited for the Super Bowl that year, um, but we were. That's and, funny. And um, I remember vividly when Arthur Blank, the Falcons owner, walks down to the sidelines in the third quarter when they're up twenty three, and Lindsey going, "Well, he's going to jinx them. They're going to lose now." <laughs> I'm like, "No way." <laughs> sure enough, that's what happened. Ah. Uh, um, yeah. So so Lindsey Lindsey watched the Super Bowl, so I'll either. Like I said, I either watch it with her or I watch it with my dad. Oh, okay. Yeah, All so right. a lot of times I'll go over to my parents' house and, and we'll watch it and yeah. it just kind of depends what's going on. Yeah. Um, that's that's what you guys bought shirts. Um, that When you said that, that she said he's in the jinxum, that reminded me of the Spurs championship in the, the NBA championship in 2013 when they had the ropes out, everything out in game six, and then Ray Allen hits that corner three to put it in oh, overtime. No. But and everything was out. Yeah. And I'm like, and I was so uh, and that one, that one. It makes it better that they came back and and whooped their butt the next year. Yeah. Um. But man, it was that devastating. Yeah. At the time, it hurts. Yeah. For yeah. sure. But then I got to remember it's just sports. Yeah. That's. I think I'm getting better at that. Yeah, you, it's just sports. You know, part of it, and I've said it before. Part of it is once I once we had Mateo, and and now we have two yeah. kids. Like it, it for inside, it changed sports. Yeah. Like I was like, I was never the type to. Uh, and I'm sure you ran into that in college where it was like, man, if his team loses, he's going to be locked in his bedroom all day. Yeah. You know, I was never that way, but I was into it way more. And now if my team loses or or they they trade Lindor or whatever, you know, it stinks. But uh, I got I got to take I got to go to baseball practice or whatever. You know what I mean? It makes it yeah. easier to deal with. That I've, I've never been the one where if they would win or lose or if they if it would lose, it, it would like I wouldn't go out and, and hang shut out with the night down or whatever it yeah. is. I, I'm yeah. more of like we saw this past week, where leading up to the game, I was a little bit uh-huh. nervous, looking forward to it, you know, thinking about it a lot. But once the game's over, it's over, and yeah, yeah. You know, I'll be disappointed, 
for a little bit, but then, like you said, then it's it's over and move on. Then you realize, hey, I don't work for them. <laughs> <laughs> My life is still normal. Yep. <laughs> still normal. I, I'm, I don't have to answer your questions about this. So, do you watch any of the post game stuff when your team loses, like a big game or playoff game or anything? You know, when they lose, yeah, no, I mean neither. No. I can't do it. <laughs> no, I, 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 if it's the, if they win it, yeah. I search everything. Oh, for sure. It. I'm on Twitter. Like I look for. Oh, everything. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, no, I don't watch any of the, if they lose, I don't watch any of that stuff. Um, but if they yeah, win, yeah, I'm all about it. I'll watch, I'll watch every interview possible. Can uh, I want to switch gears here yep. for a minute. In college football, who has, who has the best job, do you think? That coaching job? Yes. Because I just saw someone got a brand new coaching contract. Oh, you're, you have to be referring to Fitzgerald, right? Yeah, man. On um, the 10-year. Oh, 10-year. Um, he's, he's, uh, 106 and 81. And f- first of all, he's been there for 15 seasons. I didn't it's really, remarkable. Yeah. I didn't, he looks so young too. Yeah. Well, he, he got the job young because the, the head coach died suddenly of heart attack. Okay, um, okay. I can't yeah, recall so, his name. Um, uh, Burnett, I think maybe. Um, but yeah, Pat was a, an assistant coach. On staff, and the head coach died of a heart attack suddenly, and and and, and uh, Pat Fitzgerald took over for him. So he was kind of forced into that role at a young age. Yeah. So he's, and he's, he stayed with it. So if you had to guess, like how old do you think it was when he took over? Thirty-one. <clears throat> you nailed it, man. Was it? Yeah. Was it? Thirty. Because he, they said he's forty-six. He just won Coach of the Year uh, this past season. Okay. And it, yeah, that's thirty-one years old. So, so to talk about best best jobs in college football, you know, it, when you first asked that question, the, the very first thing popped in my mind was Northwestern, only because I read probably that article I found Fitzgerald earlier. But with that being said, and I've said this to other people, I think I think Pat Fitzgerald has a really good thing going because, you know, I I think when you look at college jobs, something that gets underrated is is having stability and longevity yeah. in, a, in a place. And with all the stakeholders understanding the, the reality of a situation. And I think Northwestern's a unique position because it's in the Big Ten. So you, you, you can play at an elite level. Yes. Um, and he obviously has an incredible administration behind him that understands that, you know, that position and that football program isn't just about trying to win a Big Ten championship or a national championship. It's about developing young men. Yeah. And by all accords, I know I've 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 met Pat Fitzgerald once and he seems to be like that 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 type of guy. Um so I think he's got a good position because he has the confidence from those above him to allow him to do what he wants to not want to do, but knows what's right to do. Yeah. Yeah. Without having any fear of, hey, if I go Five years out of Big Ten championship, I'm gonna be out looking for a job. That's what I was gonna say. There's they so. their expectations aren't you got to win a championship mm-hmm. every three years. Yeah, exactly. So I think so I think Northwestern's a, a, a really good job. Yeah. Um, you know, with with the understanding of, you know, you're going to be competitive. You're you're going to be you you're probably not going to be in the national championship conversation. You know, a lot of times. But you're going to be competitive in the Big Ten, and you can you can build something there. So I mean, I have a lot of interest in in coaches who have stuck around, yeah, for a long time at places. Pat Fitzgerald, um, you know, being one of them. 
um, is a guy that you know I like. I root for Northwestern because of him, because of um, what he's doing there and, and stability. And it just seems like it's a, a good program, a, a good home, because it's it's bigger than football there. And I think uh, he embodies that. Yeah, and I think like I said, the, the taking into account um, like we're let's raise these these young men mm-hmm. not just as football players but um because northwestern is a great school without Absolutely. without sports right so, so you're already getting in there because of your academic ability um so here's yeah some of these guys oh are these all these uh um, was, was Fitzgerald number one on that list for for the best jobs for no his, i just, just that, that was in my brain okay. i'm like because part of it is I think for for college football to to at Northwestern to have the expectations they have mm-hmm. that when they have a ten win season when they win go to the Rose Bowl and win that's like icing on the cake Absolutely. for them and that's I think some of these programs that's how you have to look at it you can't be Indiana and think hey if we don't win a Big Ten championship the, my first four years here I'm going to get fired exactly and I I think that's kind of what you're seeing at some schools like Tennessee and Florida yeah. Um, you know, Texas A&M, Mississippi State, you know, some of these schools who, who continuously have turnover, you know, that were once proud. Florida State is another one that's, mm-hmm. that's been in huge trouble lately. Once proud of programs that all of a sudden are, are really struggling. And you look at some of those schools I just mentioned. Like Texas, too. Texas, yeah. So mm-hmm. Texas is another great example. So you look at some of these schools who, at least like, kind of like when we were younger, were dominant programs like Florida State, yeah. the consistency of Bobby Bowden all those years. Um, Tennessee, the consistency of, I think it was Bud Fulmer uh-huh. or Filmer or something like that. Fulmer, was yep. Fulmer yep. head coach for all those years. Uh, Florida, the consistency of Steve Spurrier being there for all those years. Texas, um, Mac Brown being there for all those years. And and they've gotten away from that. You know, Penn State could be another example. You know, yeah. Yeah. You know exclude all the Jerry Sandusky stuff. Um but some of these schools having some longevity with consistency there, and they've struggled really to, to kind of get back to where they were. I think they tried too. The schools tried too much to match that their history, right? To, match match uh, Mac Brown or Fulmer yeah. or even, to create instant success yeah. is, is what they're trying to create, yeah. as as opposed to trying to to build and 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 do things maybe the right way. Yeah. Um. So I definitely. You know, I think that that's that's the case a little bit with some pe- some people being impatient mm-hmm. uh, in the college game, and and I get it. The college game is big money. Yeah. And um, you know, schools like Tennessee and, and Florida and Florida State, you know, the expectation is to compete for national championships, and they want to do it sooner. They want to do it now, but like anything, I think there's a process to it. Yeah. You know, and you gotta be patient and. You know, have and, and have trust in, in in who you've brought in to do things the right way. You know, now now pay, being patient is letting them go through their first contract. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. maybe not even the that yeah. first contract. Of course, you know? every Michigan fan listening to this is like, we're being patient. We've been patient with Harbaugh. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> Come on. Yes, yeah, that's, that's that's not changing. That's true. <laughs> that and that, <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's such a weird thing too. Like Harbaugh at Michigan, like. I don't. I don't understand. Um, I know beating Ohio State's a huge thing, obviously, and mm-hmm. they haven't done that in a decade and a half or whatever it is. And um, but even like everything else, it, it's not like they're. That's the only game they're losing, right? And it just seems like their recruiting isn't well, or either recruiting isn't good, or they're not developing. 
I tell you what, I, 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 I don't follow Michigan too closely, but I think the expectation for Michigan has always been Big Ten championship, national yeah. championship, and you know Harbaugh hasn't really been able to provide that. And 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 this year is they uh, would they go like two and four or something like that um, this year. I'm not really sure. I'm, lo- um, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I don't know. This year they struggled big time. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, was it two and four? Uh, um, three and four, three and five, something. I don't know. They had two wins. Yeah, two wins. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. All the Michigan fans I know keep saying that, you know, Michigan's not going to fire him. They're going to, you know, play out the contract and then then he signs the extension. I mean, so I don't, I don't know what's going on. I I really can't explain it. <laughs> it's weird. I mean, I thought personally, from an unbiased, I'm not a Michigan fan, not a Ohio State fan. I thought they should have fired Harbaugh mid-season, and then if before their Ohio State games, and then if by some odd chance they beat Ohio State, there wasn't the contract. Oh, well, Harbaugh finally beat Ohio State. Let's keep him. Oh yeah, he, yeah. So you fire him mid-season before he even gets to that game, so you don't even have that conversation. So I guess technically he didn't. They didn't lose to him. No, right? they didn't. No. <laughs> yeah, they. Um, well, he's. His worst season was this year is two and four, but we'll take that one out. His worst season was eight and five, so he's had three ten win seasons and nine win seasons. So I think this goes kind of goes back to our conversation about Pat Fitzgerald. They keep losing bowl games though. Yeah. What, what's what's the expectation? Yeah, yeah. Of, of the Michigan program as a whole. Now, if Jim Harbaugh is, and I don't I don't know any of this, so maybe get Steve Winsler back on to talk Michigan football <laughs> or Sarah Cannon. If if Harbaugh is producing, you know the values in your program the way that you want them to be produced and, yeah. and producing the, the characteristics of, of outstanding young men and and doing things, you know, the quote unquote Michigan way and mm-hmm. all those different things and you know absolutely you kinda of be patient with, with that. You just don't know if that's happening. And um yeah, I think the the precedent has been set with Michigan football where the expectation of the Big Ten championship. So oh it's tough to say. Do you and do you think part of it and I don't understand the I don't know how many years he had left on his contract. I don't know if this is his last one or not. Um, but do you think part, part of it is maybe they look into, like, or oh, who else could we bring in, and there's just not someone that they like as much as him, I guess? Because it is. There, there has been. Maybe. I don't know. There has been. I mean, turnover. Rich Rod was only there for three years, and Brady Hogue was only there for four years. Um, so maybe they're just like, hey, this is our guy, and let's I keep think, him around. I, I think it's idiotic to assume that. If Michigan was thinking of making a switch this year, that they didn't put out feelers already, yeah, and have an idea on who would be interested, yeah, in coming. And I thought there was something to do with Harbaugh saying he didn't want to coach and he had one year left on his deal. Uh-huh. He didn't want to be a lame duck coach, yeah, and that's why they signed the extension. That's hard to recruit that way too, I would imagine. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And so I think Michigan probably knew it wasn't a good scenario for them as a whole to say we're we're not gonna we're gonna let you coach on your final year. Yeah. For that purpose. Yeah. Um but you would have to think if there was conversation internally about moving on that they would have they would have put out feelers there and to see who would be interested. I mean that's that I would assume that's their their job. Like they, they need to do that. They need to do to do due diligence to figure out Absolutely. what they're gonna do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um we're hopping all over because that's what I want to do for my podcast. But, you can do what you want. Um, pitchers and catchers report 
in what? Oh my gosh. Uh, a month? I switched over weeks? to the Oriole hat after the Packers lost. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you heard if, because um, right now, as I look at this website, I don't know what the date is on this. Um, this has opening pitchers and catchers dates. There's, like February 16th or something, isn't it? Right now, there's only, every team has TBA except for the Mets, the Rays, and the Orioles. Yeah, all right. I'd start for the O's. But, but nobody else has a, a date um, set. Uh, the last I have heard was, you know, being an Indian fan, that the Indians are in, or the team formerly known as the Indians, yeah. um, plays in the Cactus League. Yes. So I did hear... That apparently there's a commissioner of the Cactus League. Uh, yeah, no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. So there's like a commissioner figurehead of the Cactus League okay. who pleaded with MLB to delay spring training because of COVID cases. Oh, really? In the counties where predominantly are occupied by the the Cactus League teams, and the mayors of those cities all signed that that plea. Um, and essentially, Major League Baseball is saying, yeah, that's too bad. Oh, really? We're still going to play. Uh, um, I, well, because the other leagues in, in Florida, and they're, yeah, they've in been Florida. open for three months. Yeah, so Florida apparently has, like, no restrictions anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, we, have a, we have some friends that are down there right now. They said, you would never know what the pandemic's going on. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I think kind of what, I, if I remember correctly, the baseball, the owners had said, we want to start the season later. We want to push spring training back by at least a month. Okay. And the players union saying no. That's what I was just going to tell you. That's a, this, yeah. this website USA Today said they're pushing for on-time start. Yeah. The, the players want to go the full 162 to get their full contracts. And, mm-hmm. and the, the owners are saying they want to push it back at least a month. Yeah. Um, so I think right now it's it's supposed it's to go. Yeah. It's supposed to go when when it's scheduled. Yep. But right now, right now nothing's uh, scheduled. So, like, if you look up if you look up dates and everything, there's articles of them saying that. Well, I think they they're have, just fighting about it. They have a game schedule. I know, like, you know, we're supposed to go to, to Florida in March mm-hmm. for spring break, and we always go to Sarasota where the Orioles have their spring training. And um, usually our spring break aligns to the last week they're there. Okay. And we catch a couple of games there. And I know that they have their spring training schedule out with mm-hmm. games. So that's... I guess, well, Publish. Yeah, I guess it would have, that would have to be out there. It's just, I guess, uh, if they get to it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> if they get to it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Oh. But I did hear that they're going to delay the minor league season, single A up through double A. Oh, really? So I think I think what I read was triple A and the majors will follow normal schedule. And double okay. A and, and everything double A and below, they're going to start. They won't start their spring training until after the major league guys are out of camp. Oh, okay. They're cleaning okay. out the facilities and things like that. And then the minor league season, those lower minor league seasons, will run into October now uh, to get the games in. Yeah, because normally they're. Oh, aren't they done? Because um, the September call ups. Yeah, happen they're usually September. done right around yeah the first two weeks or so in September. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Have you heard, or did they? Because I know for a while they were talking about contraction in the minor leagues. Uh, do you know if anything's going on with that? Oh, yeah, they contracted. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it was like 40-some teams okay. 
Now, what they ended up doing was they created, I think some of the teams that got ousted, they created a separate league for essentially like undrafted rookie college players. Okay. Um, the plan. So, for example, um, the Orioles, obviously the team I follow, mm-hmm. uh, they lost one of their single A teams, the Frederick Keys, and the Keys are going into that league. Um, we're undrafted. It's so sponsored by MLB uh-huh. and all those different things where undrafted rookie players can play to try to earn contracts, but there's not going to be any affiliation with the team. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, what's what's the point? Of, what's the point of this? It's basically know? like an like independent league type of thing. Okay, all right. Where just to I think get kids exposure, and I think it actually could be used for maybe some veterans who are unsigned, who can go and and, and say, listen, I can still play type of thing. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I was looking at. So, do teams? Yeah, teams. Some teams have more, uh, more than one single A team. Yeah, right? I think I think I that's mean, what they, I think that's what they try to do is they try to because there's a low A and high A. Yeah, I think they try to make everybody comp- comparable. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, like once again for the Orioles, for example, they had low A, high A, short season A, and. Um, so now I don't think they have any short season leagues. So the Orioles took their short season A team, made it their high A team now. Okay. To replace the team that they lost. And they and the Orioles did that based on facilities. Oh yeah, okay. So they looked through at their their minor leagues facilities and made the determination based on that. So the, the short season team that they have is owned by Cal Ripken and has amazing facilities. So yeah. they, and the team they got rid of doesn't <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so we're, we're gonna keep Cal's team affiliated with us and and go from there. Yeah, <laughs> but I think teams can still have like because now like the teams all have like teams in the Dominican. Yeah, and like, they can set up like camps and stuff down. You there. Got, I think you can have as many as those teams as you want. Yeah, you know you can sign those kids when they're 13 years old. And, That's crazy. And play in that league. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, do you follow the NBA at all or no? Casually. Um, Casually, were, were you ever like as a kid, or maybe now I don't know. Were you ever a big like card guy, baseball, basketball, football cards? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Have you? Have, I don't know if you follow it. It's going gangbusters right now. I have no idea what you're talking about. Like like the card industry, Se- selling cards like um, secondary markets and that kind of stuff. Like no way. producing cards like crazy. There's a, a new podcast uh, on Bill Simmons, The Ringer Network. Yeah, it's just about that. Like. And and they said it it's it's so much like it's it's the guy was comparing it to stocks. Yeah. Like you buy these boxes of cards or packs of cards, you find this card and you hold on to it. Some people will buy boxes and hold on to it for for ten, twenty years, not yep. even open it, right? But but they're getting so affected by the play, actual play, gameplay, the price moves around. So really? yeah. So um there was this dude that I, I forget his name now, they talked about it on the podcast. He in a in a preseason NBA game. He was a rookie. He scored twenty nine points in his in his rookie card. Shot through the roof in a, for a preseason NBA game, and he's not doing anything right now. But but it's crazy how this is. They said this is like the third boom of cards, and people are just going nuts. I, over I it, thought man. it was like a dead in, dead industry, dude. Not. Not, not right now. It's bad. No. They said that, like the top cards now are like, um, 
um, Joe Burrow and uh, what's his name from um, Herbert, Justin Herbert. Yeah. Those are big cards. And people are buying because the now the, the older cards are making a comeback now because people aged like you and me mm-hmm. are buying cards because we liked those players. Yeah. Right. So those those cards that people have been holding that you could get real cheap, you know, five years ago are going through the roof yeah. now. He said there was a, a, a Tim Duncan card that he bought for $1,400. He bought three of them and was able to sell them the next week at $2,100. No way. <laughs> yeah, because just people just want them. Man. And it's it's crazy. And then you get to get them graded. Yeah. Um, PSA grades all these cards. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if you get them graded and they're high grade, they're going to go for higher prices. But there was a, a Larry Bird card. Back in the day, Bill Simmons likes the Celtics. He was talking about his Larry Bird card, and it came in a pack of three. Like, they were hooked together, perforated. Yeah. So it was Larry Bird, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and somebody else. Like, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And that Larry Bird card, you can buy for like 40 bucks. And if you had them all three together, now you can buy them for like 10 grand. Oh, my gosh. And if you didn't rip them, you know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. And, and I've learned this with, through Pokemon cards are yeah. the same way now. Like, you can't buy them anywhere. I um they're it's they're they're out everywhere. When I was running the park, I have two card stories for you. When I was running the parks, the the, the Perrysburg parks, you know, we had like a, a sports card trading card program. Oh yeah, yeah. And it, oh, it, yeah. eventually, it was all like sports cards, but it, it eventually morphed into Pokemon. Yeah. And so I had a couple workers for me, so like high school college kids, and they're really into Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And so we had a whole binder, and I'd go out and buy all these different cards for for our kids to have, so they can trade with kids and all that stuff. <laughs> So a couple of years into this whole thing, I found out that a couple of my workers have been really doing a side hustle <laughs> with trying to collect Pokemon cards. And they came up to me really excited because they had acquired a card from somebody. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, guys. And they're like, we're only like six cards away from having every single one. I'm like, what does that mean? He goes, the whole set's worth like 50 grand. I'm like, no way. And they're like, yeah, we're almost there. <laughs> and I'm like... It, Don't tell me about this. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's crazy now where I found my Pokemon cards from when I was little, like 1999. Yeah. And I I only have maybe about 25 that I that I found. And and some of those are a couple hundred bucks. I believe and, it. and not even graded, you know. It's it's So I watched crazy, um man. I watched a Netflix movie probably 2 years ago maybe. Uh, and uh it kind of sucked me in because it was supposed to be about trading sports cards. Mm-hmm. And you know, and this guy was making a documentary. So it was a documentary about the guy making a documentary <laughs> about why the sports car trading industry collapsed. Yeah. And the the overall kind of message behind it was there's a real problem with his, him and his dad. There's a relationship type of thing. But anyways, but the sports car part of it was discovered that the primary reason why Sports cards values decreased and plummeted was the Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. And what they had said was it was the Topps Ken Griffey rookie card uh-huh. back in, I think it was 89 maybe. Yeah. And initially when Topps or Don Ross or Upper Deck or whoever, maybe it was the Upper Deck rookie card for Ken, it doesn't matter which one. But anyways, when they originally make the sets, you know, there's only so many of them. When they make, they only make, you know, 500 sets of these. So there's only 500 of these Ken Griffey cards. Yeah. So the Ken Griffey rookie card took off like crazy. And the value of it skyrocketed. And the demand for it was incredible. 
that Upper Deck decided to only produce more Ken Griffey yep. rookie cards. And then they mass produced them. And then because they became so readily accessible, they flooded the market. Flooded the market. Yeah. And, the va- and they said that was the, the beginning of the end of trading cards. So right they, they talked about that too, where it was only one company that was doing these cards. And then these other companies like, oh man, look at all these people buying cards. Mm-hmm. And just four companies later, there's, everyone's just making cards. And it was, they weren't as special anymore. Yep. It was completely flooded. And uh, like you said, it just destroyed it. Yep. You know, and, and uh, it's too much of a good thing, man. You I, know? I, I will tell you this. I have uh, <laughs> on my desk in the basement, like where I have my office, I have two cards just kind of like on display there. Yeah. Both of them are Brett Favre cards. One of them was the very first Brett Favre card I ever purchased uh-huh. because I got it in a card shop in Marinette, Wisconsin, where my grandparents lived. And that's that was our summer vacations I referred to earlier. Oh yeah, yeah. And my grandfather would take me to this card shop every every time I was there and let me buy, you know, one he buy me one card. And I remember that was the very first Farf card I ever bought. He ever bought me yeah. was that. So that's there. I ended up having like more than like fifty or hundred Farf cards when I was a kid. And the other one's another Farf card, it's a rookie card. And and uh the it's rookie card, so obviously it has somewhat more value yeah. to it. But they misspelled his name. Oh, really? Which increased the value as well, too. That's so, awesome. Like, back in the day, it was worth, like, 35 bucks, which was a lot for a car. Yeah, yeah. So I have no idea what if it's even worth it. Is that good condition? Have. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You, should, you should send it to get graded, man. How do we, how, I don't even know how to do that. So you got to send it. It costs money. Yeah. It costs I want somewhere between 15 and 100 bucks to do it. Okay. Um, and now so many people are doing it. It takes about four to five months to get back. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you waited this long, you can wait more, yeah, true. but, um, it's, but when it comes back, it comes in a nice big case, mm-hmm. solid case it has the PSA logo and it's, and what the grade is and everything. And just so you know, and then it's protected the whole time yeah. too. That's interesting. N- not like you're, I mean, if you were to, if you wanted to sell it, it would have been gone by now. Yeah. You know, this is just for you. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I always look at it like my dad had I have a bunch of sports stuff from my dad, and he said, it's all yours now. You can sell it if you want to, or you can keep it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm going to do the same thing with my kids. Like, here's all my stuff that, here's our stuff that we collected together. It's yours now. Do whatever you want with it, you know. But for you, like, to me, it would make that card so much more special. Like, I have a bunch of nice cards in my basement yeah. in a box somewhere. But you display these cards. You like to look at them. Yeah, they um, just bring back good memories. Yeah, you know, that's what it is. Yeah, but I think it'd be it'd be cool. Sentimental just to see value. It. Yeah, because if if you send that card in and it gets a six out of ten, you know it's not going to change. Doesn't change the meaning to me. Yeah, it doesn't change anything for yeah. you. But you know now you know. But maybe maybe it's a a mint nine, and then you think, man, if you know this would be cool to hold on to, and if your daughter has it, and you know and. And yeah, she I don't wants think, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I don't think Allie's gonna have much interest in that. <laughs> you never know, man. Yeah, you never she's know. uh she's hundred percent all girl. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't uh she likes her baby dolls and d- Bo Peep and You know, L- Lillian likes that too, but but she also has the older brother that makes her a little more tomboy. But she, but yeah. she's like that too. She loves I tell you what, Allie, stuff. I got really excited a couple weeks ago because she just woke up for a nap or something like that. And, yeah. Uh, I was I was watching football and she comes running down, she sees Daddy, Daddy. I say hey, she goes football <laughs> and she runs over to me and she she climbs on the couch and sits next to me i'm like you want to you want to watch football and she looks at me and she goes 
No, Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that, that little thing that she did about us yelling football, um, if she becomes a fan, which there's no, there, because you're such a big fan of the Packers, there's no doubt that she, that she will like the Packers. Now, how Either far, that she'll hate them. How, yeah. How yeah, far, how far that, that goes, you know, if it goes yeah. up to your level or not, she's going to like it. But you'll remember that time when she's like yelled football. And even though she's, how old is she? Uh, she turned two in November. Yes. Yeah, so even though she's two, you're going to think, well, something in her brain knew this was football and this is where it started. Yep. Whatever, you know, she could be the biggest cheese head ever. There you go. You know, yeah. and then this, that's where it started. There you go. You Perfect. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on this. Anytime. I, I think uh, we need to set uh, maybe every, uh, every few months you should come on and talk about whatever's happening. Yeah. Sounds good. I like that. Yeah. That'd be good. We can, uh, you're already the uh, second most most uh, appearances on this podcast besides me and Andrew. Uh, I do. So. Might as well just co-host it now. <laughs> so I'm in. I might be uh, passing Andrew pretty soon. Yeah, we'll have to, I have to look at that. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> All right, man. Well, like I said, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming right, out. Thanks for having me. Thanks again to my guest, my friend, Scott Buecher, for joining me on the podcast. It's a very heavy sports, sports edition of the Nerdball podcast, but sometimes you got to get back to your roots. Um... It was great to catch up with him, and I, I do. I am serious. I do want to make this a semi-regular thing with him to catch up. Uh, he's a really good speaker and obviously real knowledgeable about um, quite a bit of things besides sports. So uh, we'll try to get him on more often. This episode is sponsored by Real JP Multimedia. For all your audiovisual needs, visit realjp.com, R-E-E-L-J-P.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.